Hello and welcome to the Big Finish Podcast. Big Finish, Big Finish, Big Finish, the purveyor of fine audio drama and audiobooks. Doctor Who, The Prisoner, those are the two things that are on my mind at the moment. What else? Oh, Bernice Summerfield, Dark Shadows, The Omega Factor, Survivors, Countermeasures, so much Dorian Gray. How could you forget that? Anyway, I'm Nick Briggs and I've got a bit of a cold. Not really relevant. Well, it is relevant in a way because it means that this podcast will be full of other things other than me going on. And long-term podcast listeners might recognise that rather... Well, it's not old-fashioned music, but it is music from our original podcasts from many, many years ago. And that's because we are taking a sort of trip down memory lane. But the reason for that is that we are returning to um, a big Finnish icon. Uh, probably the title of this podcast will have given it away. But listen to this. Hello, I'm Ian Atkins. I'm the producer of Big Finish's monthly short trips range. And so we, we had a list of a few people that we really wanted to work with, either as writers um, or, or as, as readers. But the one we'd had pretty much very much from that, that first meeting was, was we wondered if we could get Sheridan Smith back. Hello, um, I'm Sheridan Smith. Um, sorry, that snort was not me. That's a puppy that I have on my knee called Dolly Parton. <laughs> Um, so hi, I'm Sharon Smith. Um, I played Lucy Bleeding Miller, um, and uh, I loved playing her. And I'm back. We were aware that you know, she is one of the busiest actresses in Britain. Um, I mean, in the five years since she was last Lucy Miller, she's she's now an OBE. She's been in Emmy award-winning shows. And the idea of us being able to get hold of her was was kind of well, it seemed like a pipe dream. <laughs> Quite a lot's happened since um. I last saw you really, I guess, and we've been uh, doing different shows, different telly shows, different theatre shows. Um, I have missed Big Finish and I have missed playing Lucy. I can't tell you, honestly, those years of playing her with Paul McGann, it was so much fun. Um, so I'm very grateful and happy to be back in the studio. Okay, wake up. Right, ready. Big Finish presents Doctor Who, Short Trips. Sheridan was, was working on or she was just actually at that point she was just in rehearsals for um, production up in London which was going to be a significant one so there was again the the hope that as as she would be around in London for a long time we might be able to pin a date down but we we very clearly weren't going to be able to book her for days and days um, which is an advantage of the short trips format because they they can generally be done in if you're lucky quite a short recording day If the universe had seven wonders if you had to limit it to just the seven the planet Cerberin would be right in there, no question. Much as you know, she protests, it's been a long time. It's just amazing how quickly she's fallen back into it, and just what a good reading she gives. Um, you know, it, it's just wonderfully instinctive. And and for me, who who came to Big Finish, a, a big part of it is because of the the Eighth Doctor and Lucy Miller run. That was when I first started buying entire seasons and really like absolutely hoovering them up. <laughs> people in the world. So what does one person's life matter? Here we go! Kill me! 
I see what happens. What matters is saving this planet for the future. The threat is that if we don't act soon, the greater the consequences will be. And that's something I'm prepared to die for. No, more than that, it's something I'm prepared to kill for. Long after the evacuation of Earth, they forged out into space. And there were many battles to fight for survival. They're monsters. They're, they're a plague. They stripped whole planets clean of crops and cattle, left our people starving. The doctor's going to make everything all right. Tell me about the hothouse. Let me out, you mentalist! You enviro-mentalist! Whatever they're doing there is top secret. Good. I like finding out other people's secrets. It's working! They're running away! She's right! God, it's working! Look, just listen. And who put you in command anyway? His brain cell count for starters. I was just making a suggestion. And it was a good suggestion. Oh, yeah, and since when was it up to you? You know, it's an era I really wanted us to be able to revisit. Flashpoint by Andrew Smith, read by Sheridan Smith. I'm Andrew Smith, uh, and I wrote Short Trips Flashpoint. Looking for writers, I'd I'd been having vague conversations with Andrew Smith about being involved anyway in the range. He was one of the names that Lisa Bauman and I had talked about. Um, so he was interested in it. Yes, yes. So yeah, you got in touch again, and um, uh, the idea was it was going to be Lucy Miller, which was very, very exciting. Because I, 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 the, the Lucy Miller story, those Eighth Doctor adventures with Lucy Miller, is one of the, the the best ranges and the best run of stories across all those series that I think Big Finish has done. And I think really because it started out as that BBC Seven series. I think it's a range that always had that kind of new series vibe to it, even with a an older Doctor. Um, and it was the first range where we had like 45 or 50 minute episode stories as well, in keeping with the... Uh, uh, I'm sorry, that's my phone <laughs> going off with an alert, but uh, I just turned that to silent. Then with a loud crack, a hole appeared in the wobble. Air was sucked out, it was like a gale. I clung onto a pillar holding Elric tight to me. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Alice Cavender hadn't written for main Big big Finish ranges, but she had worked for me a couple of times on the subscriber short trips range. And she had proved to have such a good ear for um, the Lucy Miller character. And it's an era that she clearly loves a lot. And um, she just writes Lucy so well. Oh, and the central heating's knackered again, so bring your sonic spanner. Oh, the 70s are rubbish. So when we had begun to talk about Lucy Miller and whether we could get Sheridan and Alice was the other person I contacted. Hello I'm Alice Cavender I'm the writer of The Curse of the Fugue. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just pick it up from uh actually it's your boyfriend it's your boyfriend it's your boyfriend Lucy quite posh isn't he said a smiley young man holding out the phone Lucy wiped her hands on her apron took the heavy receiver and lifted it to her ear. Um, well, I've done a couple of stories um, for Lucy, the Lucy Miller character, um, and I was asked to come up with something um, at short notice, uh, which I was delighted to do. Um, so I had a slight panic and uh, rifled around my room and found uh, an autobiography of uh, uh, an alleged war hero, possible... Uh, fantasist and I had a good route through that because I knew it had lots of uh, scene setting information in it and I thought great I'm going to write about a retired spy. The doctor said 
pretty to look at, but not a place you'd want to live or even visit. I asked, well, why not? He said, it's a storm planet. It's the opposite fall on telly would be great, but I mean, I love it here. There's something really fun about being in these booths and running on the spot and doing, you know, the hearts are coming and, I mean, me and Paul used to get the giggles so much, it was so much fun. And the guest stars, you know, we used to get in, and Miriam Margulies and just amazing people. We went for this one of uh, a lightning planet uh, that Lucy finds herself stranded on uh, with this uh, young boy that she has to protect. I looked round, there was a boy, maybe 12 years old, lying on the floor nearby. I think a friend, a friend lent me a, a Paul McGann CD and said, he's absolutely wonderful, you've got to start listening to these, which was correct. I've absolutely adored the whole series. When the Lucy Miller character came in, um, it was a, a new voice, and I, I just, you know, obviously fell in love with Sheridan's portrayal of the character because she's such a wonderful actor. Yeah, it would be lovely to get Sheridan back for something bigger, um, but just given how much time she has, I've been so grateful that she's actually found this day. While she's been busy, I mean, she, she'd be going straight from here to the theatre tonight um, to actually revisit and, and bring Lucy Miller back to life. So it's very, It's funny that it's as deep and blokey when Lucy's so deep and blokey. Even deeper and blokier than me. I think there's a real there's a real modernity to the, the Lucy Miller character, and, and it's someone that you would kind of it, it wouldn't feel unusual to know someone like that, or, or certainly to meet someone in everyday life. Which, um, while I think we take that for granted a bit now with the, the companions that we've had from the TV series um, a lot more recently, I think Lucy Miller was a kind of real change at the time, um, and it's just played so well by Sheridan and always has been, and and. She's been able to find all of the little things that I think Nick, Nick Nicholas Briggs, who created her, put in there in the first place. And I, I don't think Lucy has changed fundamentally as a character, indeed, nor should she, from from Blood of the Daleks, that first story. It was, it was Lucy Bleeding Miller, and and you know that that character is so strong, and there's a wonderfully big heart there. Um, she'll always, f I mean, it's, it's standard Doctor Who companion stuff, and it will fight for what's right and, and, and not turn aside from um, wrongdoing. Um, but it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's quite hard trapping lightning in a bottle, and, and yet with Lucy Miller, I think Nick has really done that. Um, and then you've also got such a great run of stories. I mean, it's, I, I love it as an era for, from Big Finish, and um, you know, not, not wishing to upset any other producers, but um, it's what got me to Big Finish. and. Um, I think quite a few others. Oh, ignore Matt, he's only assistant manager, she said, digging him in the ribs as he departed. Where in the universe have you been for two weeks? At the moment I'm, um, I'm film... Uh, no, I'm, I'm filming in the days. I'm, I'm going to be doing a BBC One drama um, and I'm doing Funny Girl, a uh, musical in the West End. Uh, so I'll be leaving the studio today and going on stage. Um, but I, you know, I'm just so thrilled I managed to be able to um, to squeeze this in because I'm just I've missed being here and I've missed playing Lucy. Um, so thank you, thank you for having Lucy, Lady Miller, back in the house. Well, there you have it, the return of Lucy Miller. I think you'll agree with me that that's beyond exciting, and you never know. 
her returning to the short trips range may open up all sorts of other possibilities that's something to watch out for also uh the release date of those short trips will be announced you'll have to keep an eye on our news section on the website at bigfinish.com and I feel that there's one last thing I need to do in this podcast before I uh, toddle off to get some more cold remedies. And that is to correct something that my good colleague Ian Atkins said. He very kindly and overgenerously attributed the creation of the character of Lucy Miller to me. If only that were true. The character was created by Alan Barnes, but rather than me croak on explaining that now, here's a clip of an interview I did right back in 2000 where I explained to the interviewer Mark Wyman how the character of Lucy Miller was created by Alan Barnes. That's right. Yes, I was well. I was presented with a two-part Dalek story, the other stories and a two-part Cyberman story and and most of those storylines have survived and uh, Alan Barnes chiefly is responsible for coming up with the character of Lucy Miller. Uh, Jason did sort of suggest an idea for a, a companion, but uh, Alan didn't feel both Alan and Gary weren't very keen on it and rather than just say to Jason oh rubbish 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 they didn't say that to his face you know and they uh, Alan came up one morning with this idea and then we all went to lunch and I said to Alan what's this idea then he told me the whole witness protection scheme thing and you know I wasn't involved in it at that point it was just lunchtime pub chat and uh, my main contribution to the whole concept of Lucy was that Alan said, you know, suddenly this woman turns up with a Time Lord in the TARDIS. And the Time Lord says, well, Doctor, this woman's on a witness. And I went, hold on, let's not have a Time Lord turn up and be boring. Let's have this woman just appear and the Doctor and her have to work out between themselves what she's doing there and, and why. And, and then I think it was Steve Lyons in his original draft for Blood of the Daleks, which was then called Red Rocket Rising and the enemy gene they had separate titles oh, but we yes, decided uh, to do a one, part one and part two because we thought what the hey let's as, not as the two parties do on television they yes separate titles. that's yes. that's what he was thinking of and i think he was brief that way but his he introduced the idea that lucy doesn't reveal to the doctor why she's there for quite some time but i added into the story that the time lords had put some perceptual barrier sure. upon her because and, and so that adds an extra frustration and anger to Lucy because she can't quite work out what's happened to her head. You know, she, every time she tries to remember, she can't. And it, that kind of disability makes people scared. You know, it's like when people, you know, have lost their glasses and they can't quite focus on things. They start getting really irritable and snappy with people, which is it gave a reason for for Lucy and the doctor being an antagonistic towards each other you know i think the doctor's quite compassionate lucy arrives in the tardis if she'd just come clean about it straight away it wouldn't have been so bad but she isn't and that irritates the doctor and it creates the fireworks who's who did did bbc7 insist on a new companion or did big finish suggest that it might work better to have a clean start in companion terms I think that BBC Seven and Jason were quite keen to have a new companion. And the idea was, which sounds so crass, uh, to cast someone of some sort of maybe soap opera notoriety or something like that. I ca- when, when I came on board, I thought, yeah, well, never mind that. Let's make sure it's someone really good. So we had a lot of casting sessions. Right. So that's it for this Big Finish podcast. But may I, just before I go, commend to you 
the Doctor Who Short Trips range. It, it manifested. It forced its way through me. And Nissa, frozen stiff, glanced beside me and suddenly she was screaming. And it echoed around the graveyard. I whisked around. Standing beside me, swirling in the mist, was a grey dust version of the Doctor. Celery, everything. The figure disintegrated immediately, collapsed into a cloud. But Nyssa had already seen it. She screamed again and started to run back towards the TARDIS. He's dead! He isn't! I was nearly screaming too with the pain in my head, hands on my knees. He isn't! I think it's just a manifestation of... The pain hit me again. Nyssa had gone, charging through the gravestones. Doctor! And then from the distance came another echoing scream. I ran, or more accurately, kind of half-galloped through the pain. Big finish. We love stories.